Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. This is part two of our talk with Emily Nagoski. We get into some listener questions. She continues to share insights around sex and intimacy. If you haven't found it already, go check out Emily's Come As You Are podcast. Um, It's basically a call-in show where she answers listener questions. You can binge all the episodes right now. Um, It's worth checking out. She is brilliant, as you know. If you've listened to part one, if you haven't listened to part one, go do that. Come back, listen to part two. I also want to remind you that Laura and I are doing a seven principles workshop featuring the seven principles for making marriage work from all of John Gottman's research. Our first one's going to be in the first week of March. You can register now at marriagetherapyradio.com. We have uh, early bird pricing now through February. So go ahead and register at your earliest convenience. Don't wait, even though February is the new January. That's coming up. We have a couple of really cool episodes uh, in the next few weeks that I hope you'll look forward to. But right now, this is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We, we got a listener question that came in, which is, hey, um, I hear you guys talk a lot about women who have low sexual desire. Uh, when you have a mismatch between partners in a heterosexual relationship, the majority of the time you're, ta- you're answering questions where it's the female. I'm in a relationship where it is my husband who has low sexual desire And that's like a double whammy for these women whose assumption is that the men are way hornier. And if he's default, always ready for anything, whatever. Exactly. The wind blows or they see cucumber and they're like, yes, we are ready for it. And it's just kind of a it's it's doubly difficult for these women and these men in these relationships because of that assumption. Um, So I'm not really sure what she what she was asking other than, can you ask Emily, can you ask Emily what this is all about where 
I'm I'm in a relationship and I'm I'm struggling because my partner is the low sexual desire partner and it really hurts. I'm questioning everything. Yeah, that's great that she's questioning everything because everything needs to be questioned in a situation like that. Mm. We like the narrative of uh, in a cisgender, straight, heterosexual type couple that the woman is the low desire and the man is the high desire because that fits those scripts that we've been given. Right. Part of being a boy growing into a man is that you want sex all the time. Every opportunity for sex you will take and right. enjoy. Yep. And uh, you already know everything there is to know about sex. You can never express curiosity because that's like an admission that there's anything you don't already know. You're infallible mm. and a uh, perfect performer. Okay. There's lots of other details that we could talk about. And then the <laughs> script for the it's a girl type people is complicated, but there's one subset of it that's like, no, but good girls don't. Yeah. Good girls don't want mm. sex. They have control over their baser instinct. They have sex for their husband's pleasure and That's only true. for that. They don't want their own sex. So it sort of conforms with these scripts. But yeah. if we're in a relationship where the desire is flipped yeah, in the context of these same scripts, it's very distressing to yeah. our brains, even though among the couples who seek therapy for differential desire it's 50-50 among straight couples, which one is going to be the low desire Exactly. Partner. Yep. Mm. So when they show up in your office, it could be either one of them. Mm-hmm. And yet the cultural narrative absolutely just is about low desire women and higher desire men. Why won't you go to bed with me type mm-hmm. And so when it's a low desire husband, he's only got access to three emotions as far as his script has said, right? And now the horniness is gone. So what he's going to need to create access to is all those other feelings. I had a couple in a workshop. One of the new ideas in the book is this thing I call the emotional floor plan. Do you know Jak Penksepp, the affective neuroscientist? He's known in pop culture as the rat tickler. Yes. Um, yep. I do not. He, he developed a, a model called of primary process emotions, where there are certain basic emotions that all mammals have. One of them is lust. There's rage, there's fear, there's care, which is the attachment mechanism connected to that, obviously. The panic grief system is what he calls it, which is loneliness, isolation, despair, grief. Uh, And there's at least one other one. Oh, seeking and play. Seeking is exploration and curiosity. And play Mm. is the foundational social behavior. Engaging in a behavior just because it's fun for as long as you want to because it is fun and for no other reason. Play. Play, seeking, care, and lust are the approach motivations. And uh, uh, fear, rage, and panic grief are the aversive avoidance emotions. So when you're in a particular space in your brain, like if you're in the rage space in your brain, you're really pissed off with your partner, for example, is that space in your brain like adjacent to the lust space in your brain? Is it a short trip from being in rage to being in lust as opposed to, for example, you're in play. Is that a long journey to get to lust from there? Interesting. Or is it maybe like much closer? Yeah. I I mean, I would assume play, but you know, if I was, if I was going by pop culture, according to all of the holiday uh, Hallmark movies, Lust and uh, rage are very close together. I hate you. I hate you. Oh, I, I have know so many feelings you. about this. Yes. This, right. Yeah. No. That. 
So yeah, the assumption no, would be that those would be very bullshit. close. Yes. Yeah. Turns out they are not even a little <laughs> bit close. They are not. They are neurologically so distinct from each other because the actual, this is sort of a side note from the original question, but the actual biological function of rage is you want to destroy something. Like I need to get this out of my way mm-hmm. because it is preventing me from obtaining something that matters to me. I want to destroy it. Is there a relationship between wanting to destroy someone and wanting to connect erotically with someone? Uh, no, no, no. Like, no. You know what that's no. called? Like, is this a trick no. question? <laughs> Destroying someone with sex has a name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. The name is rape, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like we know that. Yeah. And yet, and so like, I mean, don't get even get me started on 2005, Kira Knightley, Pride and Prejudice, when mm. Darcy proposes and she's like, no, you ruined my sister's life. You're a total douchebag. And you were really mean to this other guy. She hates him. She wants to destroy him, but she is behaving herself. And then, and then the camera circles them and they like kind of almost kiss. And you were like, no. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So it's mm. so. And I am actually violating the rules by expressing my rage. People are going to be oh, no. like, there are going to be people who are uncomfortable with the fact that I got super angry. That's okay. About like yeah. a adaptation of a, of a novel like yeah. why there's yeah. no need to have such so many big feelings about that mm-hmm. so our husband who has lower sexual desire yes um has been locked off from his lust space because he has been trapped huh. in some other space okay and it's probably a space he doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he has permission to name Good. um mm-hmm. it could be physical health reasons it could be panic grief yeah, it's often panic, grief, a mm-hmm. sense of isolation, trap, despair, because he's not allowed to experience or express his biological need for affection and care to give and receive love. Huh. Um, he's like locked up in its total absence, which is isolation, uh, panic, grief. Uh, and that can be triggered. Suppose So this couple that I was working with at the workshop. Yeah. He was struggling with erectile dysfunction Mm -hmm. and she thought that he was angry about the situation because all of us are fed the same standard set of lies about who's allowed to experience what. And anger was something she knew he's allowed to experience. And he had sometimes expressed himself in terms of anger because that's what he had access to. But when they drew their emotional floor plans, which is this activity that I have people do, Um, where they start with lust and like what states of mind have easy access to lust for a lot of people. It's care seeking and play Um, on my emotional floor plan. There's a one way door into fear from lust, but like I can't get to lust from fear. Like this is the kind of detail Mm. that you get into. So he draws his floor plan and isolation is way over here. uh, Fear, panic, grief. And she has been assuming that he's in rage and is pointing at his rage space on the piece of paper. Yeah. And he says he can't like name it. He doesn't say the words, but he points to the panic grief room that I have required him to draw on his map uh-huh. and says, but I'm over here. Huh. And it mm. changes the whole conversation because if, if she thinks he's in rage, then like the appropriate steps are really different Pursuit. from if he's in panic grief, if he's yeah. feeling isolated and trapped yeah. and alone. And like he can't even reach out. Like he can't say the name of the emotion. Wow. 
Wow. I feel like that an exercise like that, I really would love to see how you go about doing that. You keep mentioning this workshop. So what are you doing for workshops? You're working with couples? Uh, so these days I am not. I'm in full book writing mode. Uh-huh. Um, so these, uh, this I'm talking about workshops that I was leading before the grand pandrandrum, before the situation happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. And everything shut What'd down. The grand pan The grand pandrandrum. <laughs> It's a a British Empire thing that I probably shouldn't use. (laughs) The Great Panini. Got it. It happened and everything shut down. But before that, I would lead like weekend long workshops with individuals and couples and sort of whoever wanted to show up. Yeah. Uh, And that was the beginning of my trying to use these terms I took this basic science from Yak Pangsep and tried to make it functional. Other people have also tried to make it functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gottman, actually, in Relationship Cure, which was published in 2000, I think, used the existing version of this research to talk about it in terms of characters. Like the jester is yep. in control right now yeah. or the, the manager is in control right now. Um, and I'm transforming it from like in individual characters to mm-hmm. just like which space are you in? In your brain. Yeah. And what is the relationship between that space and the space you would like to be in? Yeah. And what are the things you already know how to do to get out of this space so that you can transition into a different one? Mm -hmm. And how do you know you're in this space versus that space? What does it feel like? What do you notice in your body? What's happening in your thoughts? Mm. Uh, And what are what are your emotional feelings at when you are in XYZ space? Um, so I transitioned to doing it. Uh, bef- I had a couple of things that were transitioned to online uh, when they were workshops in 2020. And I started doing it online. It actually works pretty well. Yeah. And it's pretty simple because it's just explaining here are the potential rooms. Right. Mm. Think about what it feels like to be in each one, how you know, how you get out. Uh-huh. Um, and what is the path that you follow to get from here to there? Because many people will be like, So there's two situations that happen with low desire couples. The first one is, you know, partner A says, I'm sorry that this is what it is, but I'd be perfectly happy if we never had sex again. Sure. Yeah. And if you're Peggy Klein plots, your next statement is, okay, so tell me about this sex you do not want. Right. Mm -hmm. Because usually the sex that's available is, as Peggy puts it, dismal and disappointing. Mm -hmm. And if you do not like the sex you are having, of course you don't want it. Right. Clearly, I love Peggy. I'm going to quote her again. What she says is sometimes low desire is evidence of good judgment. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. and so the, the problem they're having is not a desire problem at all. It's a pleasure problem. Right. And the key is to like find a way to access pleasure yeah. together. Mm. And she has a group couples therapy that more and more therapists are being trained to lead that is highly evidence-based. It is really effective at helping couples who are struggling to find, to rebuild a connection through pleasure. And then there's couples, the reason I'm writing the book I'm writing is because uh, while I was writing Come As You Are, I had no interest in sex with this husband who I'm like, I fucking earned him. He is amazing. I'm so lucky. And I am no, because I'm thinking and writing and reading and talking about sex all day, every day. And I'm so stressed that I just, I got nothing left. Yeah. I I love you and I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. So I felt stuck. And my question was, where am I stuck exactly? Uh And how do I get from this place I'm stuck to the lust space? And rereading uh, Archaeology of Mind, which is the book 
that explains all of this stuff most recently. Uh, I realized that I'm in the fear space. I was so stressed and like just like working as hard as I could. I thought these ideas were important, but I had no idea whether or not I was going to be effective at communicating these ideas. And I wanted it so much and I was so tired. Uh, I would follow my own advice, right? Responsive desire, you you schedule it and you put your body in the bed and let your skin touch your partner's Mm -hmm. skin. And I would just cry and fall asleep. Mm. So why was I stuck? And how do I get out of that stuck place into back into the lust space? Mm -hmm. And I had to figure out which spaces are adjacent to the lust space. Turns out for Mm. me, it's mostly play and seeking. Okay. Mm. And only by understanding that, I learned that if I aim for the room next door to the lust space, yeah. don't mm. try to get directly to lust because then you'll have the ironic thing of like, don't think about a bear. Don't think about a bear. Don't think about a bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, get to lust, get to lust, get to lust, but yeah. you can't, you can't get there. So you're like, try play. Yeah. Get out of fear and transition yeah. into a state of play with your partner. And like, there's like basically a slip and slide right from play into the lust room for me. And I went to a real special place with the slip and slide and reference. Right, this is something that Laura and I or our listeners can access like right now, like you teaching about this on your, like, is that something, or is that, that we have to wait no, for the book? it's in the new book, yeah. Okay, that's cool. It's a no, year I, away. I'm, I'm excited about it. One year away. Right. I mean, well, like, I'll probably end up writing about it ahead of time. So like- Like in a little- look, yeah. yeah, I have a newsletter, which is the first place that I talk about stuff in public. So uh, if people want to yeah. like, learn more about it. There'll be worksheets. There are, are illustrations where you draw out your floor plan. Yes. Um, but like even just having this vocabulary of what the different spaces are yeah. Yeah. is a starting place. Hey gang, welcome to the new year. If you need a new year's resolution idea, I have a suggestion. Stop putting it off and finally get life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life Insurance is easy, all-in-one solution you've been waiting for. Most New Year's resolutions involve long-term habits, but they're quickly forgotten after a week or two. But with Fabric by Gerber Life, you can resolve to get your family life insurance, and you don't even have to do it again next year. Fabric is the quick and easy way to help protect your family and cross that important to-do off your list. We did it last year. I feel really great about it. I finally have life insurance for myself, my wife, and both of my children. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric's new lower prices could mean potentially significant savings over other providers with great quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. It takes 10 minutes to apply, see your quote, and then personalize your quote to fit your family's needs. You could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. And Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee so you can cancel anytime. Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Apply today in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com slash MTR. That's meetfabric.com slash MTR. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash MTR. Policies are issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, and prices are subject to underwriting and health questions. So protect your family today with Fabric. Okay, can I, hold on, Zach, one second. No, I got, I got, I got, me, 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 me first. first. (laughs) Okay, so I want, I want our listeners to be able to grab on because you mentioned something that's so cool about the way that the public can interact with your information is that you're compiling what can be oftentimes just very clinical and research-based into very navigatable, digestible stuff. And you've made these worksheets for couples to be able to do on their own. So your book, Come As You Are, 
is amazing, very approachable, lots of fun worksheets that you can even pull off of your website, I think, because mm-hmm. I've done it. And there's a whole come as you are workbook. If you're like, yes. I don't need the science explained to me. Yeah. I don't need to see examples mm-hmm. of other people doing it. Just give me, tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do that, a worksheet. The book Burnout is amazing. Burnout, 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 burnout. Um, <laughs> that you co-wrote with your sister. Is that right? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Is also. And the workbook for that is coming out in January. Shut up. You're so busy. Okay. Actually, Amelia wrote the workbook. Thank you. Thank you, Amelia. And Amelia, who is the most self-critical, pessimistic person on earth, actually said, the workbook's really good. Oh, she was proud of herself. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, th- and then you also have uh, your podcast with your sister. But Zach just told me that there was a second podcast. What What is this? The Come As You Are yes, podcast. Yes, the Come As You Are yeah. podcast. It's an eight-episode limited series from Pushkin and Madison Wells. Uh, it's... Eight episodes, it launched in October, so it's nearly all the way through. And it includes many of the most important central topics for from Come As You Are that you get in like audio format. I love that. This is my first venture into like media. Mm-hmm. Sort of though, but you also read, you read Come yeah. As You Are, which is when people get on Audible, I think it's delightful. Like just to have you be able to kind of like, that's, I love when people read their Me own too. books. Me so too. Keep- yeah. Well, in your voice and fluctuation, the way that you just like get excited about stuff and it's very natural, right? It's not. I do. I get so excited. I know. That's good. (laughs) It's good to be excited about the work that you do. Um, I always recommend the audio format of Come As You Are to couples because you're so fun and it's so inviting. Thank you. Yeah. Do you you have time though? I got two more questions. Can can you riff with us? Sorry. Laura's trying to shut it down. I'm like, no, we'll just put it in part one, part two or whatever. Just be respectful of time. This is like my favorite topic to talk about. I could do this all day. Well, I just want to, I want you to riff on two things uh, and maybe separately. And I'll tell you what they are in advance. One is, uh, this is a cliche. They're both cliches. And one is the, she says, I'm interested in being more connected to you, but I feel like every single time that we start something, you expect to have sex. Like if you touch me in the kitchen or something, I'm I'm already afraid yep. that you think that that means we're going to have sex. Do you mean so, intercourse? Okay. Yeah, I mean intercourse. Like she she's like, and this is actually kind of happened yesterday. She's like, I'm interested in trying some of this stuff, but I know that the second that you start flirting with me, mm-hmm. I go to this other place. And we talked a little bit about, isn't that wild that that's exactly what you want in your 20s? You're like, mm, please flirt with me so they can, you know, but <laughs> then somehow it shifts. But what is the... It's a cliche that I, I you're nodding. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm it's very with common. This cliche, but like, but what is what's going on there? So that is about context change. Uh, so when there is an expectation that if I do X, then it's going to lead to all this other stuff. And you have a lot of built up gunk, for example, in your relationship around sex and initiation. Then she like, literally said it's exhausting and overwhelming. Yeah. You know, so gunk. Yeah. Right just like all this, like. I use this very silly metaphor of sleepy hedgehogs to talk about difficult feelings. Um, Okay. So over the course of a long relationship, you build up these accumulated little like difficult feelings or problems that never quite get resolved. And they're like these little sleepy hedgehogs in your bed between the two of you. Right. And so if your partner reaches across and wants to engage erotically, they're reaching across all of these difficult feelings and unresolved conflicts that are like sleepy hedgehogs between you. And like, if we're going to get to each other, we have to like deal with all this junk first or we can't reach each other. And it's only over time that you build up enough of these sleepy hedgehogs that it interferes, that you start feeling this like complicated, like overwhelming. Oh, we have to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And the solution is to take sex off the table. 
Mm. You are not going to be having any sex for the next three months, no matter how your partner approaches you. And so you can just like hug in the kitchen while one of you cooks dinner and there's no expectation because it's against the rules. I'm so, I'm so proud of myself. Did you tell them that? I don't mind saying, I said, I said, what if, do you think it would change if for like the next month I said, you guys are not allowed to have sex? Like, sorry, sorry, dude. It's off the table. Like you can't. And by the way, if you get, if you get turned on while he's flirting with you, it's too bad. So sad. There's no section not allowed. Yeah. Would that change everything? And they're both like, probably, mm. probably. Yeah. We'd probably do it just to spite you. And I was like, I know. Yeah. That's, that's what so happens weird. a lot. So standard sex therapy, sensate focus. The rules are like, you're only going to do your homework. You're not going to have sex while you're engaging in sensate focus. My very mm. first. So I trained as a sex therapist before realizing that I do not have the temperament to be a therapist. Uh, but the very first couple that I worked with, we, my partner and I begin like standard sensate focused sex therapy. Uh, this is a couple that hasn't had sex in five or 10 years. They're in their 60s. And we're like, so rule number one is you're not going to be having sex. You're just going to be doing the homework. They come back the next week and we say, how is your homework? And they're like, well, we had sex twice. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so either just, way. It's like when it's against the rules, it's right. the thing that you want to do just to. Which maybe is the, maybe is leads to my second sort of cliche question, um, which is you're in a relationship that where sex is not, not working out, but you, you go ahead and you have an affair and you have the best sex of your life. Like it's like sex is so great in this other, is that, is it the same answer? Is it context dependent and sort of, or what do you, what's the difference? So it's partly context is that you don't have the buildup of gunk and the difficult feelings and unresolved conflicts. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm sure Esther Perel would talk about how like the person you're having sex with in your affair is fresh and therefore, uh, as far as you know, is exactly the fantasy person you have in mind totally. when you imagine yep. who your partner is, as opposed to being the real actual person who mm-hmm. will not take out the trash. <laughs> week mm-hmm. after week, they don't do yeah. it. So mm-hmm. part of it is that, but also part of it is that early in a relationship, Uh, The neurology of attachment, the like fallen in love, hot and heavy phase uh, actively like that is immediately adjacent to the lust space in your brain. Right. So it is easy Mm. to get from like beautiful new person who loves everything about me and doesn't know that I Uh don't put the toilet seat down. (laughs) Is this limerence? Is this what we're talking about? Yeah. That like Uh passionate like, oh. You're everything that I have ever wanted because I have not yet learned that you are just as far from everything I wanted as the Mm -hmm. person I'm married to. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's right next to lust as opposed to like 10 years down the road. um, The space you're in with your partner is you're generally not in like hot and heavy fallen in love. You have to like create a deliberate context. You go to a bed and breakfast in the Poconos and deliberately create hot and heavy in order to like have that passion and it is normal and yeah. healthy yeah. for it to work that way. Mm-hmm. And also I think one of the most important things is that this comes from our, in the new book, I call it the desire imperative. The idea that the desire for sex is the best thing about sex. And that if you don't have mm-hmm. that like, lusty longing can't wait to put my tongue in your mouth feeling Uh then you're doing it wrong when in Mm. fact what we learned from peggy kleinplatz's research and john gottman's research and uh, barry mccarthy's Mm -hmm. research like so many 
people who talk about the couples who truly do sustain a strong sexual connection over the long term. It's not about desire. Desire mm. is beside the point. Yeah. What matters mm. is pleasure. Do you like yeah. the sex that you are having? Mm. And when people struggle with desire because the pleasure is absent and they try to fix the desire, mm -hmm. they're missing of the point. Yeah. They need to work on the pleasure. And yeah, pleasure is more complex. Yeah. Like there's our brains have these tiny little hedonic hotspots that make pleasure happen. Whereas desire, all wanting is this like vast network of dopaminergic, dopaminergic circuitry that extends through our whole entire brains. So I think when people have great high desire sex with uh, somebody new, that Feels matters really to them intense. because they believe desire matters mm. instead mm. of pleasure. Yeah. Mm. We wrote an ebook a, a while back that was like five dirty words you shouldn't use in a relationship. And I'm going to go ahead and add spontaneity or spontaneous sex to that because when couples come in and that's what they are seeking is I just yeah. really want to have spontaneous sex. I'm like, okay, we're going to spend an entire <laughs> session talking about how we're going to throw that out the window and say that is that is a long gone thing that's not going to happen anymore. We're yeah. going to create experiences for you, like going to the Poconos. We're going to pull out all the vibrators, all the lube. We're going to turn on all the lights and the candles and the chocolate sauce. And everything is going to be very manufactured because we've got to create that context. But I'm going to yeah. add spontaneity. And see, you're just listing things that activate the accelerator. Yeah. Oh. Do any of those things get rid of the brakes? No, you're right. And I think that was something that you might have mentioned is like, how are you expecting to go anywhere if your foot is firmly placed on the brake pedal? Yeah. Right. You're just making smoke. You're not going anywhere. So if you can find yeah. the context to be able to release the brake, then you can start to lean into the gas, yeah. the accelerator. Yeah. Which that's really what going to the Poconos is about is let me get away from my house. Right. And my family. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Um, okay, I have one final question for you, but Emily. I did, I did want to say that, like, if you want to have spontaneous sex, go ahead and have it. Yeah. Mm. See, because that's not what people want. People don't want to have sex spontaneously. They want to want sex oh. spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that's so true. Yeah. People, when, when I hear that, I'm like, they're like, well, I just, you know, sex and blah, blah, blah. I just want it to be spontaneous. I'm like, uh, how's that working mm -hmm. out for you? Right. Like, is that, because sounds like you can just kind of, great, yeah. go for it. And they're like, no, well, we're busy, two kit, uh, blah, blah, blah. And so one thing that I love that you're doing is really, truly changing the vocabulary around this topic for people because it's it's those old scripts that they get stuck well, into mm -hmm. that's really, yeah. that really does create this, it's all this lies. dilemma. It's all lies. Smoke and mirrors. Final lies. question. This episode is going to come out after New Year's, but it doesn't matter. Do you believe in New Year's resolutions or setting goals or having a purpose or an intention for a new year as that comes out? And if you do, do you have any thoughts on where you're going, what your intention is or your goal resolution? Like, my New Year's resolution is to publish this yeah. book. Yeah, my, my New Year's resolution is to finish this book. Okay. Uh -huh. So that it can be published and I can finally like fully share these ideas with people. Love it. I think people, I believe in thinking about the future. To like figure you out children the future. You want. If we teach them well and let, let them lead, lead the way, the way. like <laughs> show them all the beauty they the possess. Before no. it's a copyright violation. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, so if I were a couple that was listening to this mm -hmm. and was like, I want to set like a sex resolution. Oh. 
I would want them not definitely don't set a resolution for the frequency with which you're going to have sex. Thank you. Because there is no relationship between frequency of sex and pleasure. If you have sex every day and one of you really doesn't like the sex you're having, that is that is not it. That ain't it, kid. (laughs) Instead, set a resolution to experience different pleasurable sensations deliberately and with intention or um so the very first episode of the podcast is an interview i got to do with adrian marie brown activist organizer author of uh pleasure activism which is a glorious book that everyone should read okay and i was like so i work from home and i get really like stuck in my work mindset i leave my office but really like my brain is still in my office do you have any suggestions of what will help and what you suggested has truly changed my life she said develop a gratitude for pleasure practice where every day you sit and think about a pleasure you experienced for which you are grateful Hmm. it's really it's specific and small but each day my husband and I talk about like a pleasurable thing we experienced that we're really glad we got to have as part of our day it doesn't have to be sexual oh not at all no cheesecake or like an extra like a feeling you had in your after a workout and it changes your experience of pleasure in the moment because all day you're looking for a pleasure to include in your list and if it's the cheesecake it changes how you eat the cheesecake yeah because you're like this could be a pleasure that's the one i'm grateful for and you're like then i'm gonna just like enjoy the bejesus out of this cheesecake and it makes Mm -hmm. the pleasure more intense and as I practiced it, that transition I make from my office out into the world huh. became so much more fluid. And I started like just feeling this powerful sense of beauty in everything that I saw. Like I'd see my dogs cuddling on the couch and just be overwhelmed with the beauty mm. of that. I'd see my husband in the kitchen making dinner. And like I'm already like attracted to him. He's super cute. But I look at him as I practice this gratitude for pleasure and just be like, He's so beautiful. <laughs> There's this person in my kitchen and he's so beautiful. And, and he look, likes he's a, me. He's a middle-aged white dude. Yeah. Yeah. He is, he's not Brad Pitt. No. But like, yeah. how lucky am I that this person is here and making me dinner and he's got these pretty brown sparkly eyes. <laughs> so if I were going to recommend any... Resolution for the new year. Uh-huh. It's practice pleasure in new and different ways. Yeah. Explore with curiosity, just different pleasures of all kinds and or begin a gratitude for pleasure practice. Mic drop. That was such a yeah, wonderful ending. I love that. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to go ahead and land this plane. This is amazing. We'll send people to your website and all the places in our outro. But Emily, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> And I'm so excited for this book to come out and it will obviously be added to our, our our Gottman professional book club that we do on a monthly basis. Very cool. Thank you. This is really fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I hope you enjoyed having Emily on the podcast. We certainly did. We are just absolutely honored that she joined us. If you are interested in sending us some follow-up information, some follow-up thoughts, questions, anything that was sparked during this conversation, email them to info at marriagetherapyradio.com. You can also check us out on the Instagram. It's marriage therapy radio on the Instagram. Um, And thank you so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.